Welcome back to the Fostering Financial Victories podcast. I'm Bree Prosser, and today I'm joined by Emily Edwards from Foster Victor and Tina Stevens as our special guest, continuing our business series. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here, and thank you. I'm honored to be asked. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much for coming out. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. So just to kickstart things, tell us kind of the Cliff Notes version of your story. How did you get to where you are today? So we started out as a machine shop. I worked for a company called Dynacast, which is a small die casting company. It was located in Spartanburg. They've since um, moved off to New York. They're not here anymore. But they had a machining division and they wanted to outsource it. So we started out being a machine shop. And when everything transferred to overseas, our business went away. So we transferred into being inspection for automotive parts because BMW was coming up. So we started doing inspection on class A parts. And now we do um, point of purchase displays for the consumer industry. So we're very diversified. We do a salvage and rework work and been very happy with that. We have moved three different times and every time we've gotten bigger. Right now we have over 20,000 square feet and 140 employees. So we've grown dramatically in the last 20. We've been in business for 25 years. This is our 25-year anniversary. That's That's awesome. And what is the name of the company that you're with now? Oh, that's great. Secondary Solutions. Thank (laughs) you for that prompt. Yes, went right into it. Of course. So in doing our research, we found on the website that you are called the Chief Problem Solver. So what does that title mean to you? That is our secret sauce being, it sounds very glib to say you're a problem solver, but in reality, when somebody manufactures something, they have a process that they follow. If something goes outside of that process, how do you handle that? Is it cost effective to rework it? Do you want to talk to somebody else that maybe has an understanding of that? Yes, you can rework it and this is how much it's going to be or no, let's change it around like this. Let's take a part out or let's inspect it. Whatever the problem is, we come in to help solve the problem. I love to tour manufacturing facilities because we're seeing it from a different perspective than the people that actually are running that business because their line is they're making this, it starts here, it ends there, and all the steps in between. I love to look at that and find not only a problem, but solutions. Hey, we could help you do this over here and save you money, that kind of thing. I really love that part of my business. That's awesome. So what would you say, are you mainly touring these manufacturing companies on a day-to-day basis? Or are you, as a small business owner, are you kind of tied up in, you know, kind of the the monotonous things of paperwork? and Or do you like to get out there, get your hands dirty? Well, that's a twofold. Um, <laughs> so my, my daughter, um, Mindy, it was a, I sent her to school to become a nurse. She's an RN. And realized that she wasn't happy doing that. And she came about five years ago now to come into the business. So she's working the business and is my retirement plan. So now I get to be more of um, somebody who gets to go out and look at opportunities and decide. We're actually in a great position of being able to pick who our customer, our perfect customer is. Who is that that we would want to work with? Who has the same values? It's really, really important when you're looking at, at corporations and other companies, do they say, share the same values? Otherwise, you'll have um, conflicts, and we try to avoid anything like that. So we do happen to be in a really good position. All of our customers have come through us through references. Mm-hmm. I really haven't gone out and searched for them. Yeah, that's great. We find that, I think we found that a lot with 
other business owners that we've talked to too, really word of mouth is the best way to get new people. And um, they're your best advocates for sure. And I'd say you're definitely in a great place as far as being in Spartanburg to work with all those manufacturers. We pulled up a couple stats about how fast Spartanburg County is growing. They have led the state in the last five years for economic investment. They lead the state in new job creation. They're named the number two job market in the country. So is that kind of what you're seeing on the ground in Spartanburg? Yes, so much so. So, yes, I my thought process to that is there's opportunities coming everywhere and we're getting no, literally knocks on the door. Hey, we heard you do this. Can you take a look at this project? My first question is who told you about us so that I know where it's coming from so that I can say, okay, yeah, that's somebody that we liked working with. So that must be a good referral. Mm-hmm. But yes, definitely seeing that. And I'm really for me personally, I'm really excited about Oshkosh Defense coming because we do so much Class A steel and the outer compartments of a vehicle. And, of course, they're going to be making all the electric uh, mail vehicles there coming up next year. So it's very, very cool. exciting time. I, that's, that is somebody that I'm wanting to do business with. I find it's interesting. Um, networking, you need to – you just can't – I don't find it successful to just walk up to somebody and say, hey, I'm Tina Stevens with Secondary Solutions, and I can do this, and I can solve all these problems, and da-da-da, because how are they going to trust you on the other side? I'd much rather come in and get to know somebody, build some trust with somebody, and then bring them in when we can bring them in. Right now, we're really not taking on new projects. We have projects that were out there a year from now that we're planning on and bringing in, but we're... I don't want to overcommit. It's it's really yeah. busy right now. That's great advice. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of business owners are struggling with that as well, kind of keeping up with the demand and la- the labor force and everything like that. Um, have you seen any challenges on that front just with hiring new people, um, not necessarily turnover, but retaining people and um, wanting to expand your business, but just looking for more labor? We are in a unique position that all of our employees have come through word of mouth. So if you have people that are working for you that like working for you, they're your best reference. Mm -hmm. So we literally have people knocking on the door saying, hey, we're looking for a job for my friend worked here or or my sister, brother, mother, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody. And so that's how we normally do our recruiting. We do have open positions right now, but... um, we usually don't have too much of a trouble filling those positions. That's awesome. Yes. And one thing that we've seen at Foster Victor is making sure that those team members really represent the same values that you hold near and dear to your heart, especially as a small business. So it seems like if your employees are the ones bringing you these new prospects, then there's a pretty good chance that they'll integrate well with your team. That is so true. So there's a buddy system, too. So you don't just send somebody out out there without having the training. They have to make sure they mm-hmm. understand what they're doing and what they're bringing for value and how important their job is. Because, you know, I don't like to do anything that's compl- considered safety critical, but safety is a number one and quality is number one. It doesn't do any good to um, have bad product out there. So Usually we do a buddy system training and we always have everybody working in pairs so that they feel like they're with somebody. So they 
don't I hear this story all the time. People come into work and somebody was there for 15 minutes or half an hour or first break and they disappear. Mm-hmm. We've only had that happen like twice in the last two years. Just doesn't awesome. happen to us. Yeah, that's I'm very grateful system. for that. Yes. So, and when you come to our facility, we have it right on the doors when you walk in our values. So if you, if you want to work here, make sure you understand that these are what are we going to be expecting of you right off the bat mm-hmm. so that you don't come in with some false pretenses. We do care about your attendance. We do care that you show up. We do care that you're wearing a uniform. We do care mm-hmm. that you represent us well. We do care that if you find something, you let us know about it. You know, the, if you have a question, ask it. There's mm-hmm. no st- stupid question. Yeah, that's great. So what's one thing that you looking back, wish you would have known whenever you were starting all of this? So for me, the number one thing, so um, I'll date myself. You know, I came up in a male populated industry. For me, I find that uh, it was very challenging in those times. There was not as much as teamwork and bringing on. It was more of a separation. And even with working with women, that women didn't necessarily say, hey, come up here because there was only room for one woman at the table. It's not the same thing anymore. So my challenge was is that I put my head down and I worked really, really hard and stayed laser focused on moving forward, moving forward, moving forward, and not putting my head up and saying, hmm, what are all the resources out there? Who can I ask this question of? Where could I create a relationship with? How can I better myself by involving myself? How about getting a mentor? How about, I mean, there's so many things I wish I had done. Networking is a very loose term, but to me, networking, what I've discovered through COVID is networking and actually meeting you in person is so much different than seeing you on a screen. It's so much better. And you've got to put yourself out there and get to know people and connect with people. You're not going to connect with everybody, but you're going to connect with somebody Mm -hmm. and then you can develop a relationship with them. And it's a win-win for everybody because you're going to have a network of people that you're doing business with that they might, that you might be able to actually do a referral. And I love to do that is to see connecting saying, Hmm, this person's got this skill over here and this person's got this one over here. I should introduce them so that they can put this together and collaborate on a project. And I don't have to do it, but I like to be a part of that, especially for women-owned businesses. I love to do that. Yeah, absolutely. One of the first big events after COVID that we as Foster Victor attended was the Women in Business Seminar. And you were there as well, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So again, one of those great events to actually be able to go and see people in person for one of the first times since COVID and kind of support women in business. Mm -hmm. And just hearing stories, too, kind of like you were saying you kind of don't know what you don't know until you find out what other people are doing. So just listening, I mean, even hearing your story and um, some of the other ladies that we met, the women in business conference, it's just cool. You don't, you don't know what things are out there. That was something we kind of wanted to touch on too. If you'd like to share some of the resources that you found um, local to Spartanburg or the surrounding areas. So One of the ones that um, you guys have participated in in the past is the South Carolina Women Business Luncheon that's coming up. That's coming up here soon, August 30th, actually. And we're having a speaker there, and it's going to be Rebecca Heiss, and it's talking about 
confidence builders. As confidence builders, there's a whole podcast out that Christy Powell have with confidence builders and women in construction, kind of a niche business. Mm-hmm. But confidence is something that women really still are dealing with, feeling confident, feeling like you have to know 100% of something to be able to even qualify or participate in, whereas is the statistics show that a man would know 50% of it and say, oh, yeah, I know, I can do that, where women think they got to have everything to even step up to the plate. So uh, I would say Confidence Builders is one of the resources, but for as far as business is concerned, the SBA has come a long way. During COVID, they put everything together on one website. So you can go to the website and you can get training on so many different things. It's just fabulous. And I think that people don't realize it's the SBA has changed. It's not mm-hmm. the old SBA where there was a piece over here and a piece over. It was disconnected. Now it's merged and together. And then right here in Greenville, we have a fabulous resource. The Clemson, uh, the Clemson, I wrote it down to make sure to get this right. Clemson Regional Small Business Development Center because the colleges are there, mm. the development centers there, and if you're starting a business and you, you really I want to start a business, I have this great idea, you can go in there and get the resources that you need to do. But I will say from there, though, when you grow your business, what I've realized growing my business, 25 years of being in business and growing, you know, the numbers are significant, that I didn't realize how do you handle that? When, you, mm-hmm. when you're not a small, you're, I'm still considered a small business by far, but now we're talking bigger things and what am I going to do with that? How are we going to grow and how do you put on? So now we have vacation, 401k, holidays, all the stuff that I couldn't afford to start with. We've all added all those things. And how does that affect the bottom line? And Greenville has that MBA, the Small Business Minority Program mm-hmm. for women and uh um, other ethnicities that you can go and participate. And I did that, and I thought that was awesome, how to read your numbers, how to make a th- three-year strategic action plan. And actually, it was through that process that I got a mentor, and my mentor said, hey, you need to bring in a, another thing here. You need to bring in somebody that can take a look at your whole your whole life and how it's all interconnecting. And that's mm-hmm. how I came to be, at, be with uh, Foster Victor. Very cool. I don't think yeah. I even knew that story. That's Me awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was through that. Beth Veach, she was a coach. She's a coach within, and she's part of that awesome. MBA program. Mm-hmm. And she made some connections, and you were one of three recommendations. And I really I really liked what um, was offered for me. So mm-hmm. I feel very confident because it wasn't just about how are you going to handle your money, but it was about how I was going to handle my uh turning the business over to my daughter. How am I going to handle, is my will taken care of? Mm-hmm. Is my insurance covered? Is the whole, my whole entire life, there's a plan for everything in my mm-hmm. life. And I love that. And every six months, there's a conversation about mm-hmm. what's happening in my life. So <laughs> What's changed? Yes, what's new? Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we we feel very honored to be able to work with people like you and yourself. Um, it gives us a lot of pride in our work and we very much enjoy it. And I think that, those resources will definitely pass along to our other small business owners, especially women in business, because I think that's a great area that we can target for sure. I wanted to mention one more that PTAC, P-T-A-C, is Procurement Technical Association Office. I forget what the stands for, but 
if you're interested in doing any kind of government contracting, okay. they're there for you. They will help you set up your whole SAM. They'll everything you need to do, and it's free. And you don't even know about it. You could qualify for all kinds of SBD, SBA, SBDC. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the different 8A, yeah. all the different qualifications. HubZone, I'm a HubZone company, which means it historically underutilized zone. So there's lots to do to think about how to develop your business yeah. and other business avenues. And do it strategically. Yes. So we kind of talked towards... You know, whenever you were starting out, it was a very male-dominated industry and still very much is. Can you name a specific moment where you maybe had doubts or this goal just seemed very daunting? And how did you manage to overcome that? So there's two. Um, In 2001, we had 9-11 and we also had the dot-com crash, which I wouldn't have thought the dot-com, but that was all electronics parts and that was a big customer of that was a big customer of ours so we lost the dot com business cuz it crashed and then 911 everybody stopped because of 911 i mean it was a terrible time in our country so i can remember clearly having the conversation i could close my close the doors and go get a job because it was it was that kind of conversation with myself close the door and go get a job or I could ride this out. And my deciding factor was, and I've said this to many, many people, is you're never going to get as far as you are now if you stop. And so I just persevered. And I think so much, I've reflected on that decision many times because I could have just gone and got a job and not have the flexibility and freedom that I do in my life and have the joy of being able to help people and to grow something and and be able to have a, a, be a visionary is what I I really like being a visionary so I get to do that so I'm very grateful for that epiphany that I happened to have that day so I always want to share that and then the same thing happened in 2008 when that financial debacle happened and I was very fortunate. I'd had a relationship with a small bank. I think small businesses need to think small banks, nothing against big banks, but small banks, they know who you are. They know your name. They know what you're, what you're about. And for me, it was South State Bank. They um, came through and I ended up going out and being able to get a building and grow my business when it was going, when everything was going down, I was going up. So when the economy came back, I was ready and ready to go. Mm-hmm. So I use those two examples to say that um, looking back in the past to go forward. So when the pandemic happened, I was well prepared, not well prepared. Nobody was prepared for that. That's the wrong word to say. But I, I was better able to handle preparing because once we started seeing it, we started having meetings right away because you can see the writing on the wall. You've been through these kinds of different kinds of situations, but it's the same kind of financial scenario. Everything's going to drop out. This We don't know how that's going to affect. What are we going to do? How are we going to protect our employees? How are we going to handle this? So, And, and now everybody's talking about the recession. I'm, we've already been, if there is a recession, who knows if there really is going to be one. But if there is one, we have a game plan in place for it. So you would say that those are your two biggest obstacles that you've really overcome in business? Yes. So what are your biggest successes? What are the moments that you look back on over the last 25 years and you're like, 
these are the moments that made me appreciate these things. Hmm. So one of the things I would say is in 2020, even though it was a pandemic year, I won the South Carolina small business, woman owned business for state of South Carolina award. And that meant so much to me because I have it on the wall and it's an affirmation when I walk by it that, yes, according to the SBA, I've done a great job, you know, in the state of South Carolina being a woman owned business. Um, I also like with, I'm with a lot of women organizations and my business and, and doing what I've done, I'm able to coach people and mentor people and say, hey, I'm an outsider. I'm looking at your business and I think here's an opportunity. You might want to think about doing this or that or giving them ideas. So you're able to be that person that you wish you had early yes. on in your days. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. It's a great connection. That is a great totally. connection. Yes. Yeah. I wish I had. Yes. <laughs> so true. Well, feel free to steal it. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's so awesome. I know there are probably tons of young women that are looking up to you. And I mean, even, you know, people that you've worked with probably your whole life that are looking up to you because they've seen you go through those obstacles and overcome the hurdles and you're living proof of the proof is in the pudding is what they say. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what is. What are some of the best ways that we can support small businesses? We've done a lot of talking about, you know, small businesses using small banks. What are the best ways that we as consumers can support these small businesses? And especially women, small businesses as well, because I think you have probably some specific areas to tap into there. Well, there's this logo called Woman Owned, and I would encourage you to anybody to look up what that logo is because you'll see it. And like in Publix, if you go and look at the flowers mm-hmm. that they have in Publix, there's a little sticker on there that says woman-owned company. I was in TJ Maxx and saw towels, woman-owned company. I've been in Walmart and seen straws and school back-to-school supplies, woman-owned company. I'm like, so if I see a woman-owned company and it's comparable price, I will snatch that off the shelf in a heartbeat because mm-hmm. I know I'm helping to get that cert- to get that logo. You have to be a certified woman-owned business. It's not. It's legit. You really are helping somebody like that. But it's not just, uh, I've been thinking a lot about because of my business and how I am. I don't do, I don't do anything consumer related. I'm working with somebody and, and they are doing consumer related. So I'm business B2B. I don't do any B to, you know, business to consumer, consumer stuff. So I think that when you think about you go and get your hair done, Mm -hmm. you get your nails done, you know, you're when you're going on a holiday, you know, an Airbnb, you're helping somebody there with their life. I and mean, then there's lots of ways, everything, every action you have. And that's what women don't. Women control the money. And there's statistics coming out. And I'm sure you guys know this with the wealth turnover that women will ha- have. I think the number I'm not I just heard it. And I think the number 78 percent of wealth in the United States will be held by women and companies need to be thinking about that because women are the one who are going to be making the decision to buy that. They need to have women's, you know, that's something that I've, I've always said when I come and see how many women do you have? What's, mm-hmm. what's going on here? Because you need to have people that you can be relating with. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that we've missed that you really wanted to include here? 
I would say the importance of mentorship and having really people that you can trust, that you can talk to, you know you can trust, because it's so important to have those relationships that you can bounce an idea off and somebody is going to not tell you what you want to hear, but it's going to tell you, yeah, that's a good idea. Or you might want to think about it this way. It doesn't mean you got to take it and run with that idea, but at least you have people. I have a select group of, I'd say probably five to eight women that I have those relationships with that I can, and it's very, very important to have those relationships. Great advice. Mm. So we end each of these podcasts by asking the same two questions. So the first one of those is, if you could buy anything in the world, regardless of the cost, what would it be? Now, I should know this because I listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's tough when you're in the hot seat. You can't buy it. I'd buy more time. Really? Oh, Mm. I like that one. I think that's the best answer. Yeah, Yeah. if we could. If I could, I'd buy more time. And then kind of on the same track, what are the last two items that you bought? Concert ticket. And a nice pocketbook. Thanks for spending some time with us. If you have questions, topic suggestions, things you would like to see an episode on, you can find us at fostervictor.com or follow us on Instagram at fostervictorwealthadvisors. Share this with a friend, subscribe, download, and let us know what you think. Information contained in this podcast was intended for general use, not to be used as specific advice. For content tailored to your personal situation, please contact one of our wealth coaches.